Hello podcast listeners, so I'm recording the intro for today's episode out on Great Barrier Island in New Zealand. I'm here for another few days. I'm really excited for this episode you've got coming up. So about a year ago, I moved up to Newcastle from Melbourne, reached out to a friend to go for coffee. He said, sure. He said, where do you want to go? I said, you tell me, you know the spots, what's good? And Straight away, he replied, almost without hesitation, he said, let's go to the Autumn Rooms on Derby Street. So we did. We had a great coffee, great catch-up, and this place was awesome. Uh, I've tried a lot of different places, of course, a lot of other great coffee in the Newcastle area for sure, but I keep finding myself coming back to the Autumn Room. So I'm interested in human behavior. I'm interested in small business, of course. So I start to watch. Sometimes I'll pop in there on a random Saturday morning, 10 a.m. when it's just going off and I'll notice things. I'll watch the business in full flight, feel the vibe, feel the energy, uh, look at the service, notice how everything's flowing and I'm just really interested in it. So I get to sit down with Ben who's a founder and co-owner of the Autumn Rooms and the Tea Collective and go deep in on this stuff and talk about culture, talk about staff, talk about innovation which is really cool and there's some great takeaways for you on this and regardless of what kind of business you're running and then finally and perhaps most importantly we talk about this concept of the customer experience educating and transforming your customer and the fact that we buy for emotional reasons we buy for a feeling we buy for this experience not necessarily for logical reasons so we get to find out how he incorporates such a great experience for the customer and how this is most likely the reason why I keep coming back over and over and over. Hope you enjoy it. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have had uh, or worked with people that have, don't drink coffee. Yeah, uh, They always tasted it. So you do a thing called a dial-in at the start of the day and I've have worked with people that would would taste the coffee and they they go through the whole process and they could recognise what coffee tasted good and and but they they wouldn't throughout the day they would not wouldn't drink a coffee yeah so it, I, I mean it's um, I, I don't know I, I I would find it hard personally because I'm, I'm kind of like to immerse myself in what I'm doing and and coffee is such a big part of our business um, that. I, I feel that I, for my personality, I definitely need yeah. to have that understanding. But you, I mean, I, but I have a business partner in this, and she didn't drink coffee. Yeah, um, and she didn't drink coffee uh, when we started. Didn't know too much about it, but we're able to balance that out. Yeah, and, and she's more the tea side of things. Yeah, talk talk us through that a little bit because uh, Beck asked me if, I, if I'd ever been up here as yeah. well, and I never have. Um, What's like? Talk to us a little bit about Autumn Rooms Tea Collective. How it's um, how it began. What's the setup there? Is it two separate businesses. Like, what's the? How's yeah. It all work? So, how how far back do you want me to go? I, um, so, I guess I just to give you a bit of history on on where I'd been. I I, I hadn't done a cafe. I I'd, uh, I'd been, I started my hospitality career in a country pub, yeah. uh, just as a part-time gig, and then came down here to go to university, and 
I uh, started working in a nightclub yeah. and uh, I thought, I thought this is unreal. I'm getting paid to go out. And I, I um, <laughs> and it, it was just a real, I'd been living in Sydney and I moved back to Newcastle and it was like this whole group of friends that you work with and it was just a, a really cool experience. I was 21 and uh, um, and I, I thought, oh, I love this. This is really good. And Were you studying at the time? Was it- yeah, so that, I was studying business at the time and I, I, um, I, so I was going to, I was working till, uh, I was probably getting home at four o'clock in the morning and then getting up at nine o'clock and generally going to a tutorial or a lecture at, at nine on, on a Thursday morning. But, um, I, yeah, I, I sort of pretty early on realized in my degree that, um, there's, if you don't have industry experience or experience in some field, you, you come out of a business degree and it's like you, you have to start at the bottom anyway and, and learn that business. And I, so I, I sort of said to the guys who owned the business at the time, I said, look, if anything comes up, I want to get as much experience as I can while I'm doing my degree. And um, I kind of felt they fogged me off a bit and I was like, oh, it's all right, I'll just keep, I'm, I enjoy it anyway. And um, anyway, uh, a couple of months later, um, uh, something came up, and they said, "Look, do you want to um, do you want to come and manage a venue for us, run one of our other venues?" And I was like, oh, "I just thought, oh yeah, that's good, yeah." And so anyway, I ended up going down as the manager of one of the other nightclubs, which is uh, pretty famous. It was a famous nightclub uh, to Newcastle called Fanny's. Yeah, and. Um, so I kind of lobbed in there and I, I was young and I'd been working with all these people anyway and it was like a real, a really hard situation to try and manage because I, like, I was going out with them on the weekend and partying with them and yeah. then I was turning around at work and I wanted to be the boss and um, it just didn't work very well uh, for the first six months and I think I was probably pretty close to getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I remember having a conversation with them and I said, look, I'll, I'll get this right. I'm going to get this right. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I, um, I actually had through um, a cocktail course that I, I did in Sydney, I, I met a guy who, um, who trained a bar course and, and I'd sort of used him as a bit of a mentor on on the training side of things and and it was it was just a bit of a chance encounter and I sort of told him I was really keen and he said oh look do you want to do you want to run a bar course up in Newcastle for us and I'd, I'd been going to Sydney to sort of work with him and learn the process and everything and anyway I, I, like I was I was trying to run a nightclub and I was running this bar course for him which we moved up to Newcastle and um, I, I was like burning a candle at both ends and uh, but it was probably a, like a defining moment in my career in that he taught me about like training and, and it was so valuable to me because I was, I was floundering mm. and I, I, I needed someone to sort of say okay like here's some information like and it gave me a chance to I guess sort of um, put myself on a little bit of a pedestal uh, over the people that I was partying with on the weekend and say, okay, this is what we're going to learn and, and start training them and start working with them to try and improve what we were doing. And, yeah, so, I, like, that was kind of a, a bit of a change in, in 
and how I, I went about it. And I was so really it's about like a, frame, like a framework sort of thing, like you had like a, a best and boundaries or a way to sort of teach what you were doing? Yeah, I think uh, quite often with training, it's uh, what I learned was it's not so much, uh, and with all my staff trainings over the years, uh, I mean, I definitely tried to make the content interesting and tried to make it um, relevant. Um, but a lot of the time it's not about, not so much about the content, but for a group of staff it was more about bringing them all together and and giving them a shared vision that, hey, we want to be good at this and, and this is how we're going to get there. And, and um, yeah, so I found it really valuable and, um, yeah, so that, that sort of helped me. I, I kept my job. <laughs> and then uh, probably 12 months later, I was getting uh, a bit antsy and uh, I was thinking about going to London. had a friend who'd just gone over there and was doing some really good stuff in bars over there. And uh, they came to me and said, look, there's an opportunity. Um, one of my business partners, so they were both quite a bit older than me. Um, well, actually, no, it seemed a lot older at the time. One was 10 years older than me, so he was like, he was around probably 33 or something yeah. and then the other business partner was 43 at the time and they seemed ancient now, now that I'm 40 something <laughs> not so ancient but anyway they they came to me and said look do you want to um, there, there's an opportunity here one of them actually came to me and said look you've got to go to to Rolly and um, put your case forward for becoming a partner. Like there's an opportunity, and and he was kind of helping me along, and they they really helped me out financially to actually to actually get into the business, and so that was uh, that was my sort of first step into owning a small percentage of the business, and I from from that sort of point on, we we started we had the nightclub, and then. Uh, we purchased a few pubs over the years, um, and um, yeah, we ended up. We towards the end, we sold the nightclub and we just kept the three pubs. And and that was there was a lot of negativity about late night, the late night economy, and mm -hmm. and Fanny's was a, a big part of the late night economy. So uh, there was a lot of attention on us and a lot of pressure. So we sort of made a direction or made a. a, a I guess started to move to more in towards something that was a bit safer and like food and and uh, and and gaming and accommodation and stuff like that so. yeah interesting uh, yep. one question that pops up out of that is this idea of the formal education in the business degree versus in the trenches yeah uh, and you know for me I did engineering and I remember taking my first job in engineering and it was like it was it, I, it was evident I learned something in the last four years, but it was pretty close to nothing. Like it was a whole new process from the ground up, like you're thrown into the deep end. Um, is there anything like you want to sh like? What does what does that resonate for you? Is it did it help the business degree when you think of business or small business, or is it like everything came from mentors' experience? What's that sort of split or value in the, I guess, in the core side of things for you? Look, I think there's definitely a place for education. There's definitely a place for a business degree. I, I probably, if I had my time over, I, I, I probably would have done the extra year and and 
Um, and I guess what it, what it would give me now is the opportunity, if I wanted to go into a more corporate role, to have that behind me and, and to be able to use what I've done in business to, uh, to get my foot in the door. I, I think, um, like, there's definitely, there's definitely a benefit there. And, like, yeah, so um, I, I think, and I think that's... Essentially, that's what it is. I mean, you're going to have to learn whatever you get into. You're going to have to have to learn uh, whether it's a company's way that they do it or their systems. And so, um, the degree gets you in the door, and then and then I guess it comes down to you as a person on, on what you make of it. So, yeah. yeah. Take us to the beginning of uh, if you see the clip we're upstairs at the tea collective take us to the beginning of order rooms tea collective yeah how did this sorry I did get off track there That's no, <laughs> that was the original question yeah so um, once so what happened was I got to the pubs I've got I decided to get out of the pubs I'd been in business for probably 10 years uh, Maybe 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 twelve years, and with the same guys, they were older, they owned more of it, and so I, I'd been toying with the idea for years of getting out and doing my own thing, and I I, I guess I was in a bit of I was in my comfort zone, and um, yeah, so I, I I guess the start was that I made the decision to get out, yeah, and then thought shit, what am I going to do now, <laughs> and. I, so from from that point, I, I kind of just fell into coffee. I went and worked with the guys who roast our coffee in Melbourne um, and spent 18 months sort of working with them. Down in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, I lived in Melbourne for uh, 12 months and then the rest of the time was kind of working from far and I, I, um, they identify someone that they wanted me to go and talk to co- about coffee and I drop some coffee off to them and uh, so I like and it, I mean that wasn't strictly being employed but I sort of fostered that kept that relationship going and mm-hmm. um, so I, I kind of got this amazing education in coffee these guys were uh, are one of the best roasters in the world um, I, I believe and uh, and the, it's just an amazing business to be involved in. And so that was what sort of got me to the starting point of the autumn rooms. And um, I hadn't intentionally decided that I wanted to do a cafe. I, I was dabbling with a bit of consultancy and helping someone out. And at this actual venue, I was doing some work with them. And uh, I, I really enjoyed like I, I was very hands-on as a consultant and I got quite involved and um, I, th- I thought there was an opportunity here and eventually it, it turned into um, the person who owned it at the time wanted to get out and, and I was it, it just presented itself. So, mm-hmm. And that, that was where the autumn rooms came about. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was called The Black Sheep. Uh, we we came in here and um, hindsight is a, is a very good thing. What we probably should have done was cut it off there and uh, uh, done the work that we wanted to to it, rebranded it and then reopened it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I, I thought it was uh, we would just keep it rolling and then work out what we we're going to do and then rebrand it. 
Um, so about three months down the track, we, we bit the bullet and we closed for four days. And my, my dad and my brother came in and we did this um, four-day renovation and, and sort of put our own stamp on it and changed the workflow and everything of the business. And, uh, and then we reopened on a Friday morning. Yeah. Um, and and with the new brand, so we we come up with the name, the Autumn Rooms, and that that was where it started. So, yeah. yeah. So what year is this? Uh, so this is 2017. Yeah. So, yeah about so, halfway through 2017. Yeah. yeah. So two years, basically yeah, two we've years. Been going two years. Now, so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm interested. There's so there's a lot of things I want to talk about. We'll see how much time before we run out. But one just quickly is. Um, you know, Melbourne, I'd spent, I've spent five years or so in Melbourne. I had a business down there and the coffee scene is, um, you know, it's ridiculous really. Like it's next level. Uh, how much did that play? Because you have a, there's this, and I'll talk, I want to talk about this later, but there's a, um, there's definitely a special, uh, thing that you've created here in terms of being on the strip when you walk in, like it's a, it's its own unique place and it's really cool. Yeah. How much, you know, of the the Melbourne culture, the coffee scene down there, do you think um, played a part in, in terms of your background or what you chose to create here? Yeah, I, definitely it, it played a huge part. I What I learned in coffee down there, uh, the Proud Marys are the guys who roast, uh, who roast our coffee now and they're the guys that I've worked with. And what I learned off them, like I was, it, it was just like, at the time I didn't know the opportunity I, I, I was given basically. I like, I, and I would have done it for free. It was like, yeah. it, it was the, the best education I could have had uh, in transitioning from running pubs uh, into, into running a cafe. So I definitely, I, I, I went down there. The only intention I had when I sort of started looking around in Melbourne was I'd love to get, I had this opportunity, I wasn't married, didn't have any kids, and I had this opportunity to go and check out what I think is the one of the best hospitality cities in the world. Mm. And I, I thought there's an opportunity here to learn. I don't know what I'm, gonna, what I'm going down there to learn, but I, it was a real opportunity for me. And so... I, I, I was able to bring the things that I was able to bring back um, were so important in, in what we what we put into this business and yeah I, I was just really lucky I, I, it, it just sort of all happened and fell into place I made a couple of connections and they just they the way they run their business is um, they they saw in me I had no coffee experience I, like I enjoyed coffee I didn't know why I enjoyed it. But, and they could see that, I guess, that I had hospitality experience and I had the ability to talk to people and they welcomed me with open arms and it was like, it was just, um, yeah, it was amazing, like just a really good opportunity. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I guess, a couple of things that we, like, obviously the coffee we do here, um, I, I worked with specialty coffee, uh, and a lot of black coffee, mm-hmm. and so that was definitely something that that we brought back. Um, I, I think our, mel- our, our sorry, our menu is probably towards a Melbourne brunch style menu. So, uh, and I, I think 
um, one thing they do really well in Melbourne is uh, they have a sequence of service nailed down, and that's that's how um, how you run the business. It's yeah. like, um, like all the staff know the whole process from when the customer walks through the door and how they how to serve them, um, and that I guess that was what um, what I learned. Uh, in the on the in the cafe down there was how important that is and having that structure in place. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you don't know this, but I wrote I write I've been writing a, a daily blog for the last couple of years. I just write on things that I'm seeing and stuff like that in the culture, especially now more a lot of times around um, small business, but looking for nuances, things like that. So I'll watch how many staff are on, what's happening with you know customer service, things like this, just because I love it, right? And one of the things that I've noticed is I wrote about your guys' place twice, I think, and one of them was on um, this concept of marketing. And you might pass the coffee shop with the A-frame that has the coffee joke yeah, outside, yeah. And, yeah. and that evokes a certain kind of smile, and you, you get a little sense from that. And then the other coffee shop might have, like, the best buy 10 get one free thing and that's kind of their their way or the, the cheaper coffee and um, but here when I walk in there's consistently very very good service so like the smile at the door how are you doing that you know a little bit of colloquial language like it's friendly it's but professional and to me it's like in the small things in the way that the whole thing's wrapped up and how I feel as a as a customer uh, is really, really good. So I'll walk past all the other places to get that experience 10 times out of 10, yeah. uh, which leads me to sitting here today. That's why it's I reached music out to my ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I'm interested in... Um, I'm interested in how... Because it's not something that's necessarily able to be fully systemized because it's almost like at an energy level. It's like you pick up the vibe of the people who are in the space. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that, whether you call it staff culture or staff training or customer service or hospitality? How do you think about that in your head? Because on the receiving end, it's very, very good. And, you know, the place is full a lot of the times. And to me, it makes total sense that it is that way. But how do you, how do you go about in the creation side of that? How have you done that in the last two years? Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, it's a really good question. I, like, I culture uh, is at the center of what of what we do. When like when I build a team, uh, building a positive culture is it, it's kind of like training without training. So a staff member comes in, I, I don't have to say anything to them. It's kind of like all their peers. Mm. Uh, they just show. Like, it's like, this is how we do stuff around here. And, I mean, we definitely do training. We definitely talk to them. We definitely have to steer them in a direction. But um, sequence of service, which I mentioned before, um, and having a framework and rules uh, is is key to that. Um, it gives what I, what, I, what I want is I want individuals. I want them, like you said, it's colloquial, it's friendly, it's relaxed. What, what I want to do is set it up a sequence of service and, and a set of rules so that they know, hey, if I operate in this set of rules, um, and unfortunately we have to have rules, yeah. uh, 
I can still be myself and I can come to work, I can laugh, I can have fun with customers. Um, and, and I guess that's how I like to build a culture of, and like definitely in hospitality, you want people to walk through the door and you want them to think, wow, like, I feel really welcome. It's like, it's like I've walked into someone's home. Mm. And yeah, so definitely having rules, sequence of service, um, I think um, championing, championing or hero, making heroes of, of the people that, that uh, I guess, adopt the culture and that, uh, that sort of, I guess, are showing all the other staff how, how we do things is, is really important. Kind of like shining a light on that. That yeah. Behavior that yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, totally. Um, whether it's at a staff meeting and acknowledging people who are doing really good stuff, yeah. or, um, or or just complimenting them in service, and all the staff are around and, and they know. And um, yeah, so um, so that's really important. I, I guess having having rules, having that sequence of service. Um, like definitely shining the light, I like that term, shining the light yeah. on, the, on the people and the behaviours that we want to encourage yeah. is like it's uh, it's essential. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably pretty much it I, I'm off the top of my head. Um, I guess on a specific level, oh, yeah. is this like an SOP, like, a, like the... Um, the the sequence of service is this literally like an induction thing or is this kind of more like you walk in and this is how we do it we show each other through this framework in real time like yeah okay so it's uh well a bit of both yeah um one one other thing was that's really important to culture is employing the right people yeah so um i i mean look um i i learned this pretty early on and um i so you can you can teach someone a sequence of service like it's not it's not rocket science. You can tell them the the series of things they need to do to serve a customer. You can't you can't really change someone's personality and how they interact with people. You kind of um, you, you can try yeah. and and you can make small changes. It, it's it's very hard to change that. It's probably been set in place over 20, 20 odd years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think. Um, Definitely choosing the right people, just to go off topic there, but choosing the right people is, is essential. Yeah. Um, I've found, like, we generally have a combination of I love having new inexperienced staff because their motivation is so high. Yeah. It's like this is new, it's exciting, I, like, and, and they will listen to you and it's like they ha- you have this... Um, little malleable (laughs) bit of plasticine that you you can mold into the person you want and and to fit in with your culture and then but at times we have to hire obviously people with experience and and it's about finding that person that that loves their job Um, I think they say you need to do something Ten, for ten thousand hours or something is that is that the same? That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. 10, I I think that probably equates in a full time job to about five years of work. Yeah. Um. So I like I think like you definitely 
want to try and find those people that are career hospitality people or that they've been doing it for long enough that they just have that experience and they, they know how to deal with situations, they know how to talk to people on different levels. Mm. Um, it's like it's it's something that um, this the newbie who's got this great uh, great um, motivation and they're excited and, yeah. and they're loving turning up to work every day. That these they they work together and yeah. they'll, they'll just uh, over over time this person will become this person and, and and it's it's so important to have these people at the other end of the spectrum to to help all the newbies and that's that's what it's about. It's about having. Uh, a combination of people that are all going to sort of feed off each other and yeah. grow as a team and, and build that culture. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that popped into my mind is you mentioned staff meetings, shining a light on people. Is there anything else that you found helpful to create, like, I guess, an ongoing sort of positive environment so if someone's here for you know I'm not sure if people have been here for the whole two years to, to keep the motivation inspiration rolling um, you know maybe on their journey or do you do big you know, Christmas parties like how do you I guess foster for that person who's been here for a while um, I guess a sense of ownership of their journey too or to keep the excitement going for their time in here yeah, it's definitely, um, there's definitely, uh, like I place a, a lot of importance on, um, so staff meetings, uh, Christmas parties, um, events that um, they can all come together and, and there's not the pressure of a work situation and they can relax and enjoy each other's company and develop friendships and I think it's so important to the culture that people enjoy being around each other so that when they come to work, mm. that they actually enjoy working with each other. And um, so a couple of things that, um, like, I mean, coming from nightclubs, we always had good parties. Yeah. Um, we, I've probably toned it down quite a bit um, and I, I, I'm definitely not the last person to leave now. I'm probably the first person to leave. But... <laughs> um, yeah, so d- definitely um, encouraging um, staff socialising outside of work is uh, is important. We do a thing here, which we've done for probably the last twelve months, which is called family dinner, and all the staff come in together. We all cook dinner, we all clean up uh, outside of work hours, obviously, and and we set a big long table up downstairs oh, cool. and all just sit around and um, we keep it pretty adult. And we, we the first few got a bit wild, and then we've kind of toned it down a bit. And it's more about like having a few beers and some wine and and nice food and just enjoying everyone's company. So I, I think that's been really important. Um, and I think as far as you mentioned um, retaining staff and have there been staff here for two years and we've definitely we've definitely got staff um, that have been here for the whole journey mm. um, and I think I guess what I'm aiming for is and and like for a lot of these kids it's not it's not a career mm. and so if we can provide an environment for them that they enjoy going to, they get paid, um, and uh, and they have a group of friends that they all work that they work with every week, uh, then we're we're in such a better 
place to, to be able to retain them, keep mm. them, keep them motivated. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, um, yeah, we definitely, uh, like I said, we've had people here for the duration and, and I think it's so crucial that socializing and, uh, to, to that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Quickly then on, you know, if there's kind of, if there's a cut, I mean, it's, difficult to draw a line but if you have this sort of people bucket culture connection this whole piece that we sort of spoke about then you mentioned the coffee the quality of the coffee in another business this could be the skill set of the practitioner or it could be the you know the, the impeccability of the service or whatever uh you know how because you guys you know the coffee and the food's amazing is there continuous effort going back into that side of it? Like, you know, do you, how do you focus on continuing to elevate, I guess, the actual thing that you're serving as well as the customer experience? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess continual improvement would, it would definitely be one of the things that like, uh, like Becky, my partner and I have always aimed for, I think in life and, mm. and in this business. Um, I, I think as, as a small business and definitely like in a market that I believe is pretty saturated, mm. um, you have to keep adapting and you have to keep looking out for trends and, and uh, new ideas that you think you can bring, uh, bring to the space. Um, I think for longevity of business, you want, even though your regulars are your regulars and you, you hope they're, they're with you forever and they're a given, you, you need to excite them. Now, like they, they need to be able to come in and go, oh, wow, that's different. Like yeah. you, something's changed here. What's going on? Like, and and it, like, it's not spending a lot of money, but it's just changing little Isn't things. It? And, yeah, it's, um, it might be the way we serve certain things. Mm. Or um, Who did the deconstructed chai idea? Was that yes? The chai. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say it was me, but I think that was probably Becky. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's uh, like um, you sort of mentioned that before, and I, I haven't sort of touched on the tea side of things, but um, it's such an important part of our business. And I think um, like Becky, what Becky's done with tea, like I, I just, I, I, I feel like I went for something really safe. I did a cafe. And Becky did a tea room and she opened a tea room on King Street and she literally, there, there was no market for it. She didn't know if anyone would come. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I didn't know her at the time and, and she did it and then people started coming through the door and she just built this business that before there was no, no one was really doing it. And, um, and I think like it, it as, as, as far as innovation goes, um, the tea side of things and bringing that into the mix and um, using Beck's like knowledge of tea and and definitely her background is um, she she worked on super yachts and and she was um, looking after billionaires and people that money was no object and she was she was doing high teas for them on their on their boats and, yeah. uh, uh, on their luxury yachts and. Um, I think her experience there and bringing that into the mix and we, when we first started doing tea here uh, and that's how I met Beck, uh, I 
they were, I knew from uh, doing it in Melbourne, um, the standard in Melbourne was that um, you temperature and time were key to, to producing a good tea. And, yeah. and so I went down and saw Beck and I was like, look, they're using your tea, but uh, they're not doing it very well. Um, can you come and help us? And, and we sort of talked about it and we started doing a few things. And when you talk about um, innovation and experience, like we, one of the, and this was a really, um, I, I think, like I, I learned a lot from this. Beck, Beck sort of came in and she said, "Yep, temperature, time, yep, I totally agree." And so what we started doing, and this was before we owned it, was we would send the tea out with a little timer on the side, and the staff would just put it down and say, "Look, we do your tea to temperature and time, and the timer goes off." Just hit stop and take the basket out and and, yeah, yeah. and and go for it. And um, it was it was a game changer. Yeah. It was um, it was amazing the response we got from that. And I, I I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen, but all of a sudden we started selling heaps of tea. Yeah, obviously, which was the benefit. And uh, all the tea drinkers were like, "I'm so glad you look after tea drinkers. Nobody does. Like it's like a tea bag. It's literally a tea bag in a pot." And yeah, yeah. Just, and yeah. So that, uh, as far as innovation goes, I, I guess it might not sound like a big innovation, and we were sort of stealing an idea that um, Becky was doing, and and I had done in Melbourne. And uh, but to do that was like customers walked in and they're like. This is amazing. Yeah, and I think it's a huge innovation that from the customer side, all of a sudden your the transformation is your you're elevating your status as yeah. a tea drinker. So the temperature, the time, you're even learning more about tea yeah. through yeah. the engagement. Oh, there's so much in that that experience of someone sitting a tea down in front of you. I, like I think there's a few things. It's it's education, which which you said. It's um, it, and one of the best things I think that I learned out of that and was that we, we live in a really busy busy world and we're, we're on our phones constantly or maybe we're not that busy but we're always on Instagram or we're always <laughs> we, we feel like we're busy yeah. and um, so to be able to put something in front of someone and bring them back to present, like to, to sort of like center them and go, hey, this is what we're doing to your tea. Mm. All of a sudden, that person's like, oh wow, and and they actually drink the tea and they taste it because they've they've been told that we're doing something different here and that you've created some interest in it. Maybe they played an active role in that too. Yeah, yeah, and and that nine times out of ten, they would have gone somewhere else and they would have got their pot of tea, they would have drunk it. They even thought about the flavour profile or what it tasted like or whether it was even good or bad it was just a cup of tea mm. and 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 so I think yeah it was it was amazing to watch that the mm. psychology of that of that process that small process and yeah. how it affected it's interesting because there's not many times when something will win over convenience yeah. But that transformation or when the customer, like they're actually growing as a human through that experience, yeah. that, that'll that win sometimes. And I think that's really cool uh, because you could have done it faster. You could have done it faster. You know what I mean? Because you just given them the hot thing with the teeth back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it lacks that growth. Do you see or is that, you know, in terms of with the coffee drinker, 
would you like the single origin or this or the cards or talking about the where the coffee is, what type of coffee. Is that a similar sort of thing that happens? Like it's yeah, that definitely. leveling up for the drinker? So I, I think it, it, it's exactly the same thing. So we when when I talked to Beck and we brought that in, it, it matched up identically to my experience that I had in Melbourne and uh, we would the part of the business that I spent most of my time in was uh, a black coffee bar so all we served it was called Arnie Pegs which was uh, Proud Mary's roastery had a black coffee bar off it and it was for me there was a lot of familiarity there um, in that it was actually set up like uh, I'd just come from a pub and it was actually set up like a bar yeah. it was a big like um, big bar that had taps all around it which were for cold brew yeah. and iced tea oh. and and then we just brewed black coffee we did espresso and we did uh, batch brew oh, sorry we didn't do batch brew we did V60s and um, that so the experience that and what I saw with customers there and what I learned was like how valuable it is to, to get someone to actually think about what they're tasting or drinking and how like how like I saw customers and and you'd give them a coffee and and they they'd sip it and someone might they they might get what you're talking about so you give them a card and it's an Ethiopian coffee and it's uh, tastes like blueberries mm. and someone picks up on that and all of a sudden it's like they've they've just aced an exam or they they've got the answer right yeah. in class it's like I get it. I get it. I can actually taste. I can taste what you're talking about, and yeah. um, it, it's a really powerful thing. So that that process that we use for teas and uh, the way that we present coffee with a card and and create that engagement is definitely the same thing. And it's, it was something that we sort of brought together in our yeah. service here for sure. There was a cafe when I owned the gem that was not too far. It was called um, Admiral Chang Ho, and they had. I don't know, similar thing, like a bar with like seven different grinders, seven different specific beans. And when you went in and you ordered a, you know, double espresso or whatever it was, you, you very much played an active role. What, what would you like? Which one? Mm. And so you had no choice but to take that kind of path of the connoisseur yeah. and kind of level up. Yeah. And um, so there was a bit of effort in that. You couldn't just kind of... You couldn't just order. They they asked you the next question. Well, what do you what do you want today? Like, then they come back and you'd have this dialogue around the, mm. the flavor, the tone. This is what you'll notice. Tell us what you think. Mm. And um, despite that, what feels like effort, you know, in a fast paced environment, uh, you go back every time. Yeah, know? it was yeah. it was still to this day down there one of my favorites because mm. of that engagement. Yeah, definitely, and uh, like. That's um, it's so true because uh, working in uh, Auntie Pegs, which was the black coffee bar, um, people would come in and they, they would just think it was a cafe. So they'd say, oh, I'll just have a latte. And then you were like, right, I've got to, you've got to go through this thing where you were like, look, sorry, we don't actually serve milk. <laughs> um, and I, like when I first had to have that conversation, I was like, I was dreading it. Like yeah. I was like, oh, this person's not going to like this. We were lucky because the cafe was 150 metres away and so that was our, our get out. 
for the people that actually said, oh, you know what? Yeah, give me something that you think I should have. And and there was there was a large percentage of people that were like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm here. Mm. Uh, give me something that you think I'd enjoy. I love that. And and that was yeah, definitely um, was it was a real game changer. Mm. It was like, um, and you give. Like if you give someone an experience that's outside of their comfort zone, we sit like we're, we're busy, we sit in our comfort zone our whole lives and we're, we're like creatures of habit. And then when you give someone that it's like the power that, hey, I've just tried this new thing and it was amazing and I could actually taste what the guy was saying, it's like you've won a customer and you've actually given them like an amazing experience and, yeah and transform yeah yeah totally uh-huh. and, and that's really exciting for a customer to yeah. be able to do that well I, i'd be interested you know that uh art piggies this is called uh, Auntie, Auntie Pig. Auntie yeah. pigs yeah. You, you know the number of transformations that they've probably made to people who were like the quick latte drinkers to now they're like you know double ristretto single like the transformation that they probably created through yeah. that experience to the next level of a coffee connoisseur or in their mind anyway you know yeah. it's a cool thing to think about the role that that plays uh, so I'm excited that we started on kind of culture and beginnings and ended up on transformation and innovation which is really cool uh, I guess to kind of wrap up or to round it out you know Autumn rooms, we're sitting here now, and there's like, I don't know how many, but there's a lot of cafes. And like you said, it's a saturated, um, you know, most people consider a saturated kind of industry or market. How do you think about competition? Do you think about competition? Are you, is it coming back to just the innovation stuff? Like, you know, what would you, I guess, what would you say to yourself when you opened, knowing what you know now? How does that all play out for you? Yeah, so I, I, I definitely think about competition. Um, uh, like, I think I think the market's definitely saturated. I don't think, but I, I think the business that um, that we've sort of created, I don't I don't think it's saturated with businesses like ours. Yeah. So I, I guess that comes back to having a point of difference. Um, we we want it to be a luxury experience when they come in. So in um, we don't want to be fine dining, but we want people to know that we pay attention to the coffee, to the tea, um, to to the food, uh, to the to service. the customer. Yeah, to the customer. Yeah. Um, so you definitely. I mean, I, I see it so often, and uh, people, and it, it's it's a bit almost a bit insulting sometimes because people go, oh. Like, say, for example, they're a banker and they've got a bit of money, and it's like, oh, we'll just, we just want to wind back our life, so we'll open a cafe. <laughs> it's like, and you're not winding it back. It's like, it, like you, you've got to be totally, totally in. Mm. Um, so, um, I, it's, so having a point of difference, so you, can, you can't open a cafe and serve the same blend that someone else is doing offer uh, smoked salmon uh, capers and cream cheese on sourdough and and wonder why it 
doesn't work. You, you like you, you've got to find an X factor that that's going to work for you. And for, and for some people, it's yeah, we've got good coffee and we're in an area where we don't have any competitors, and and that's enough. Mm. Unfortunately for us, there's there's a lot of places that people can go to. Um, so um, yeah, so how do how do we distinguish ourselves? I think definitely um, we. I, I guess what we do, there's, I, I, I look at cafes is, is a pretty broad term. Mm-hmm. I, I think what what we do is we have, we offer, um, we have a fully functioning kitchen. Uh, we can offer a full range of sort of menu, a brunch menu. Uh, we offer specialty coffee, specialty tea and great service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think our direct competitors are the hole-in-the-wall mm-hmm. um, coffee places because I think it's a different market. Yeah. I think if someone wants food, good coffee um, and a good experience and they want to treat themselves, it, it, I, I hope that they come to us. And that's... Yeah. Um, so... Um, and the whole in the world coffee, it's like it's your local, you go to it, uh, it's convenient, the coffee's good, um, they know your name, they know uh, like you can have a bit of banter with them. Yeah. And, that's, and, and so I essentially look at our market as, as having two different, um, yeah. two sort of two subcategories there. And we're, we're, we've got a full kitchen, yeah. we've got five chefs that work in there on the weekend and it's, uh, it's pretty full on. So... Um, that's, uh, I guess, one thing that I, I've sort of really pushed is that we're not competing against the hole in the wall. We're, yeah. Like, we're competing against the other places like us yeah. and, and, and we need to keep innovating uh, is really important. Um, we... Um, so I had another one on the tip of my tongue. So point of difference... Um, uh, innovation, social media is uh, and, and getting your story out. Can you talk so, about that a little bit because exactly. I know you're like you guys stuff is super polished and really on brand. Um, yeah. Not to go down a huge brand conversation, but is there anything you'd like to throw in around social? Were you doing that from the beginning? Like, how's that on for you guys? Yeah, very early on, and that came through Becky as well. She had a, a connection to a girl who. Um, she manages our social media and and does the photography, which yeah. is kind of Beautiful that's photos. the clincher, yeah. And she's amazing. Um, we so yeah, it, I think to get our story out there, what we do is very visual, mm-hmm. um, and what you've got to be what you've got to be really careful of is that the experience matches the pictures and uh, or the photos and. Um, yeah, so definitely social media, um, it's a necessity. Um, we, we have customers um, that are choosing menu items off, off yeah. their Instagram feed. And, um, yeah, and, and for us to get our story out there, and look, I'm, I'm not going to say we've, we've nailed it. It's, it's definitely something that, um, that and, and like in all parts of our business, I, I, I don't think, I think we're at about 60% now. I think, uh, I think like we're, we're aiming to get to 100%. We may never get there, but we're, um, same as our social media, I think we've got so much more we can do to create engagement and, and to get our story out there about what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's finding like we, we definitely need to look into more video content and, and getting that story out there uh, to, to tell 
um, because a photo can only do so much. It's actually, uh, if I tell you about the coffee that you're drinking, that it's from Kenya, it's a natural process and, and, uh, and what that actually means and, and what it tastes like yeah. um, or, or why the actual farmer that produced that coffee is so special to Proud Mary. Yeah. There's, um, there's only so much we can get across, get across in a photo and, and a few lines of text. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's definitely something that we're, we're really trying to, to work on and, and yeah. find that engagement. We've seen a lot of a lot of the businesses I work with, a lot of results on um, kind of this, that contextual side of the video. Like, so, you know, when I sit here, sometimes I'll come by myself on a Saturday morning when it's just rammed because yeah. I know it's busy and I'll sit right at the bar and just get an espresso just to take in the context of what's happening because you get that experience of the autumn rooms in full flight. Like, and yeah. you see, and it's just... Cause that's why I love it here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is you go in, if you go too early, everyone's, there'll be like a lot of staff. No one will be coming in yet. Then like half an hour later, it's just blooming. Like yeah. But anyway, um, it's that, that contextual video of things that are happening, the, 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 the buzz, you know, it's quite cool. It doesn't always, for some people need to be specific, uh, specific content, but it's kind of like, background you know what mm. i mean it brings that feeling reminds me of the space yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but i will say i saw you guys did a prize giving a giveaway not long ago and you had like i don't know 200 plus 300 comments or something mm. and one thing i like to talk about is connecting your tribe and from what it looks like your connection that's happening say through the comment section of your social with the people who love to be a part of what you've created is really strong mm. you know like that's great engagement it's, it looks like it's been a cool way for you to kind of bring people together in a way you know yeah uh, and i think that's like if i, I like I, i'm a hospitality person and i think the thing that drives me and the thing that uh, makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up um, is, is having a customer come up and say hey I just wanted to say thank you uh, your staff have, have been amazing, they've made us feel so good we can't believe it um, it, like you, you've created community here yeah. or things like that like pe people actually go out of their way to tell me and I like and for me that like oh, that is so satisfying to, to know that I've got a group of people, young kids, like 20, 19 to, to 20, well, probably the oldest is 27 now, I think. Um, oh, all me. <laughs> I'm at the other end of the spectrum. But it, for me, like, that, that is more satisfying than, um, and, and probably um, to my detriment, I, I, that's what drives me. It's, yeah. not, it's not the bank balance. It's not, yeah. uh, and I definitely wouldn't own a cafe it was about if it was about bank balance but um but definitely the thing that drives me is is creating a space where it brings people together and creates a community and yeah. um yeah so i love that you said that because that's that i think that's really what it's about for me and and i, and I think if, if we strive for that i think the other things come yeah like i, I think um yeah, if we can have a space where people come and and they just go, yeah, this is this is home. Yeah. this is where I feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it. Is there anything that you'd want to add 
Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm the one sitting here talking to you, but, I mean, our, our journey has definitely, uh, like, I'm, uh, I, I'm so lucky to have uh, my business partner, Becky, and um, to be able to diversify our business through... Um, Sorry, she's my business partner and my <laughs> my life partner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to be able to um, uh, to bring the tea into our business and and diversify our business like that, um, and to use her skill set to complement what I can do, it, like I, I wouldn't be able to do it without her and 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 all that the people that work for us. Like we we like it, it's a dynamic situation and we don't always get it right. And um, there's always there's always um, good weekends and bad weekends, but like yeah, we we've been able to get to this part of our journey with all the people and obviously with Becky and uh, everything. So yeah, it's um, it's awesome. We love it, uh, and yeah, I, I'm just really excited to keep to keep pushing forward and try yeah, and keep innovating. Anything uh, specific, exciting next year or coming up? Look, um, yeah, definitely. We I don't I don't want to talk too Shit, much about it, but uh, we're not. Uh, we we were actually looking at doing another venue, and we were very close to doing it. Um, and and then we we uh, woke up to ourselves. Probably we, we've still got so much more we want to do with this space, um, and definitely uh, the tea side of things mm-hmm. uh, is there, there's such an opportunity for us there, and. Um, We've got, um, we've also got, uh, we have a T-Van, uh, yeah, 1976 Combi and it's black uh, with gold taps and I think um, that, um, so you're going to see a lot more of that in the next 12 months and uh, and also um, really developing what, um, so uh, the T side of our business and, cool. and, and spreading like spreading that out to wholesale accounts and yeah cool which is yeah which is that's really exciting because it's all like that's the scalable part of our business we have uh 130 seats here but uh, the world's our oyster with the to like to have it online and to be able to like get other cafes to tell our stories yeah is that available online now yeah it is Yeah. yeah yeah so uh, the Tea Collective, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can purchase all our teas online, um, and and we also do. We we've sort of we're, we're growing. We've grown this whole business very organically, mm-hmm. um, and um, we've we haven't pushed. The, we, we want people to come to us. I mean, we will identify um, cafes that we think fit in with what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, the people that come to us know. Um, that we're not going to give you a tea bag and we're going to get you to do it to temperature and time. Um, so we've grown it organically and we've probably, uh, I think we've got 25 wholesale accounts at the moment and we just, we look for the right fit and, yeah. uh, and we're just growing it pretty, pretty slowly. But yeah, uh, yeah so that, and that's what really excites me is growing that side of the business yeah. in the next 12 months. Cool. Three years. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks, uh, thanks heaps. I think that's probably perfect time to wrap it up. Cool, man. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we'll maybe jump on at some point, maybe next year, and do one talk about the tea collective. See how that's yeah, yeah. I'll have to try and wrap back. Yeah, into it. she's very reluctant. Yeah, <laughs> I think she threw me under the bus on this one. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks. Yeah, for thank you. Cool. Right. That's it.
Thank you. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Of course, you can check out the Autumn Rooms if you are up for a meal, delicious meal or a coffee over on Derby Street. Or online, they've got a great Instagram account as well, the Autumn Rooms or the Tea Collective. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please feel free to share it, send it along to a friend or jump on and subscribe to the podcast. That's the most helpful thing you can do. As always, if you've got any questions on this one, send them through john at johntmarsh.com and we'll get to them in a future episode.